What does it mean to be a Chinese-born German in Germany? In this episode, Willie shares his stories of growing up as one of the only children read as Chinese in a city in southern Germany. His episode is about his ongoing journey in coming to terms with his Chinese and German identities in a world that still reads people in certain ways. I'm Fumi, this is Hashigar Racism, and this is the story of Willie. Willie was born in Germany to two Chinese parents. He spent most of his life in the city in southern Germany. Growing up, he says he had a relatively positive experience, especially at school. I was really privileged, like growing as a, like parents are immigrants from China. I grew up here and just compared to other ethnicities or like people with another background most of the time, I think I'm very privileged. So I always had very supporting friends throughout my life always like very supporting teachers who didn't see color and didn't care like where I was from. So I was most of the time always treated like as a well normal human being, like in my closer surroundings. And I mean, in the district where I grew up, there were other kinds of like other types of minorities and that sort of area. So for my elementary school, I think the foreigners rate or like people without, well, German parents or like people who come from a migrant country, they were like 70, 80-ish percent. So like, I mean, I had lots of non, well, biologically German people around me growing up and like just compared to them and how teachers treated them, I really cannot complain. So like whenever I talked to friends or teachers, they were like, oh, no, you're just a normal German guy. I mean, like, of course you don't. Well, you look different. But I mean, like from a personality, from like how I like behaved, they didn't see much of a difference to them. And I have to add, like, I mean, I said, okay, there were like 70, 80 percent in my school who were not from a like biologically German family. But I sort of always stuck with the German people. So perhaps that's like another reason why people didn't really perceive me as someone not from their peer group or like, I don't know, not German. Will he reflect upon his friend circle at school? Well, I mean, like German isn't as culturally diverse as other countries such as the United States, Australia, New Zealand or other parts of Europe. I mean... If we talk about foreigners or minorities in that sense, you would usually refer to mostly Turkish people, perhaps some people from like an Arabic country. Like those are the typical like, well, not foreigners, but like minorities or like non-white Germans that you would think of. I mean, of course, there are also Southern Europeans or perhaps people from the former Soviet countries. I mean, like, if you had to, like, think of, okay, what do most people associate with, like, the term foreigner, Ausländer in Germany? I mean, that would be mostly, like, people from Turkey or any other Arabic country. And, like, for my school, like, we were in a district where there was a high percentage of those people, like, people from Turkey whose parents came to Germany to help rebuild the country 
or like people from other migrant countries who like fled their country due to war or any other persecution. Um, people with such a background and like there aren't really many Asian, let's say Chinese communities here in well southern Germany. They are mostly like concentrated in the bigger cities like Berlin, Düsseldorf, Frankfurt, and so on, but not not in conservative southern Germany. So when it came to okay, who are you hanging out with and like who are you being friends with? There wasn't like really much of a choice. I mean, like you could hang out with the German people, you could hang out with the, like Arabic speaking people. At least that was the case for my school. And like they were their own community, like they were closer culturally because like they had the same faith, they had the same like cultural customs and so on. So like they mostly hung out together. But like for me, it was more, I don't know, it felt closer just to hang out with the like white biological Germans because they spoke the same language, or at least like culturally they were closer, yeah. Willie says he didn't have the best relationship with his German-Turkish and German-Arabic peers. Oh, it was horrible. I mean, like, that was the most um, paradox thing. I mean, like they were a minority in that regard, but like in that school setting, they were the majority. So like they sort of like, turned the game around and then everyone who was German or like non-Turkish or Arabic, those were the minorities suddenly and they sort of like picked on the minority, yeah. In that sense, like the teachers always felt much more protective around me. Like, I mean, like they, they, so that's why I was saying I was very privileged because like, I mean, in that case, I was the minority who was like on the teacher's side, who was like <laughs> being, um, well, held safe from the others. Whilst Willie says he didn't really experience racism at school, he experienced racism outside of school. He shares two incidences he vividly remembers to this day. The earliest one I can remember was when I was a child. I think I was around 10 or 11 years old. And there was that uh, new shopping center which had its grand opening. And like just to entertain the children, they handed out like small footballs. So every child who went there could go to the counter and get one of the footballs. And like everyone got their football. And when I was finally at the counter, they were like, no, you're not getting one. You already had one. It was like, no, I did not. I queued for 15 minutes here. I mean, probably some other Asian child got a football, but like, that one person sitting behind the counter was like, no, no, you're the one who already got a football. I'm not giving you one and you can just go away. I mean, she was only like that mean or like that aggressive towards me. To everyone else there, she was very kind. So that was like one of the earliest memories that I as a child experienced. Another thing happened at a McDonald's when I was getting lunch with a cousin of mine. So we were queuing just like a normal person. You usually like, I mean, at every counter you have another queue. So you usually don't have a central queue where you queue for all the counters. So like for every counter, you just like wait in line. And like when we were finally walking to the counter, that lady from behind us was yelling at us, in our country, you're supposed to queue. I was here first. How dare you cut in line? And she was like standing two meters apart from us. So like, I mean, there was no way that we could have assumed that she was queuing for the counter we were standing in line for. But like, she was really insisting that she came first 
she was just standing a little bit to the right and but she was queuing definitely i mean we were the one once in the wrong and like in our country in germany you are supposed to queue to order you have to stand in line go back to your country get out of my way and we were like kids we were like probably 15 or 16 we were like wow what is happening i mean how can you like make such a big deal out of queuing right i mean and that was like another uh well story where i really felt okay yeah i'm being treated differently here even though i just behave normally and didn't think about it much growing up as one of the only children read as chinese in his environment Willie developed a certain understanding of his identity. He shares how this identity evolved as he graduated high school. I think like I really didn't identify as a certain ethnic group or with a certain culture. Like it was more the opposite around. Like I didn't want to be Chinese. I mean like I think like throughout my school years at least I just didn't want people to associate me with like being Chinese since like there was a lot of stigma involved like people in general have a very negative feeling or like a very negative impression on like China due to like politics and what they show in the media so it wasn't really like identifying as a certain person or a certain with a certain culture but more like avoiding being associated with certain traits such as i don't know only eating chinese food Like I never brought food to school. I didn't want to like be the weird guy who ate something with rice for lunch. I mean, like I would rather eat a sandwich or just like eat something different than like something that would be associated with being from an Asian country, right? And also, like I mean, yeah, just growing up in school. Like I mean, I think my friends never heard me talking in Chinese or Cantonese or any other Asian language. So I just avoided like having. any i don't know intersections with that other part of me like the chinese part of me i was re- always like tiptoeing around the issue i mean like i look chinese yeah right but as long as i don't mingle are not seen only hanging out with chinese people as long as i don't like behave too chinese then it should be fine it should be alright and this started to change like after graduating high school I think like I mean people in high school in general are a little bit more superficial like I mean people care about your outer impression like your outer appearance how you behave whether you're cool or not like they find things to uh make fun of you I mean they are children right but in uni that was kind of different because like suddenly I didn't have to be that careful anymore so to speak I mean people didn't care about where I came from or like what culture I was from like I mean as long as i was excelling academically as as long as was i was like socially not awkward like just friendly to everyone else no one cared where i came from so i started taking chinese lessons like i didn't speak any mandarin chinese growing up so i had to take university courses catching up with my chinese skills and like i mean suddenly i started just i don't know organizing events where we would go out eating hot pot together or like just like going out eating asian food with friends from university uh i s- sometimes also like drop a couple of typical chinese or asian jokes i really embraced like that um well that chinese side of me just to add a little bit of a layer and 
like being funny about like just that part of me yeah so i think like i mean this happened probably because like i mean when you grow up you enter university you suddenly uh you start being more mature i, I mean like at least one well one part of like being more mature was probably for me to be more confident about okay where i come from and just like to integrate it into my personality or like how i behave around others Willie reflects on his Chinese identity. I wouldn't say it's another identity of me or like it's just like having more options suddenly. I mean suddenly I can choose from okay yeah I want to consume more Asian media do I want to dress more Asian or do I feel like being more European that day or that period. It was also the time when I started dyeing my hair I think like I just saw Okay, yeah, after school, okay, many Asians nowadays dye their hair, why not try it? I mean, I would have never done that growing up in um well, Germany because like I mean, guys just don't do that. I mean, if you're like a boy, you usually do not um dye your hair except for black if you're like into emo or certain music genres. But usually you wouldn't dye your hair and just like getting to know Asian culture more like uh, watching more Asian dramas or movies you suddenly just see much more possibilities on okay that's also how i can design my life that's also how i can look or act so it was just like having more options like starting out at a farmers market and going to a large shopping center you suddenly have much more to buy and to choose from and that was at least my experience from embracing or like at least being more interested into Asian culture. During his university years, Willie went to Australia to immerse himself in another context. On my first day when I arrived in Australia, I was on my way back to uh where I lived and I was like stopping at the traffic light. And in Germany you tend to wait for the traffic lights to turn green. And I waited. I waited very diligently. I think I waited for two minutes because those traffic lights were still new and not calibrated, and there was something wrong with the traffic lights. I was like the only person waiting in front of the traffic lights. Everyone was jaywalking, and then there was that car who was driving past me, and they turned down the windows and were yelling, "Ah,、oh, Germans! Where, where from Germany are you from?" I was like. Are you talking to me? I like I, I I like I mean I was in Australia like the last place on earth where I would think people could guess that I was from Germany. But probably like just looking at me standing there like being the senior idiot who waited for two minutes at the traffic lights. I mean they just assumed are、uh, the only people in Australia who do that are either from Japan or from Germany, and they just assumed that I was from Germany. <laughs> that was hilarious. Willie contrasts his experience in Australia to something he recently experienced with his work colleagues. I was out with colleagues at the Christmas market, and like during Christmas season, there are lots of Asian tourists around. And we went to the Christmas market with one of our visiting、uh, scholars who was from Australia, and like he didn't really speak fluent German. I mean, he had like a、um, strong accent when he was speaking German, and like. I, on the other hand, grew up in Germany and speak fluent German. So when we both went to um, the um, drink store, the, the hot wine store, at the same time, we were ordering ordering in German, and you could hear he, being a foreigner, trying to speak German. Like you should have 
heard that he was a foreigner and like replied at least in English or offered to answer in English. But he was fine, like he could just order normally. When it was my turn, I mean, I spoke to the people selling wine in German and they were always answering in English. That was so funny because like, I mean, everyone around us could tell he was a foreigner and he's like just having a hard time like articulating German sentences and talking to the people in German. And he was treated like a normal German because he looked white. But like, I mean... Me with my fluent German, I try to order and no matter how much I talk to them in German and they could speak German, they answered in English. And I was like, what is going on? And the second funny thing was I ordered like three glasses of hot wine, but they insisted that me in my broken English ordered seven. So they insisted that I pay for seven hot glasses of wine. And was like, Ah, oh, fine. Here you have your money. I'm. <laughs> I just want to like go back to my group and drink wine. But that was just like so. I don't know. <laughs> I was uh, lost for words at that moment. And all around me were my um, colleagues. Like were laughing at me because like they only saw from a part how much trouble I had ordering, and it was just hilarious. <laughs> Whilst we find some of his experiences funny, Willie admits that they can be frustrating at times. This is the most uh, frustrating thing growing up in another country, I think, because like you never really fit in. Whenever I go to China, people immediately know just from how I dress, how I interact with them. I don't even have to talk to them. They just see that I'm from another country. So whenever I go there, just ordering coffee to go, for example, without even saying a word, they will be like, ah, oh, where are you from? <laughs> You're not from around here, right? And they just see or feel that you are different than them. And the same thing even happens for my parents. Like, I mean, they speak fluent Chinese and Cantonese. But when people look at them, they immediately know, okay, they are coming from another country. They are behaving differently and dressing differently. So you really don't fit in anywhere. I mean, for the ethnic and culturally Chinese people, you're not Chinese. You're like European. A banana, so to say, like yellow from the outside, white from the inside. And back here in Europe, I mean, people see, okay, yeah, you must be Asian, so you don't really fit in. You're not probably not European. Willie says he has never spoken to his parents about his identity as a German and Chinese due to certain barriers that prevents him from doing so. Culturally, I'm not very similar to them. I grew up in Germany. I was mostly raised with a European mindset. And like they are still from a very conservative background. And they, of course, are much more fluent in Cantonese than I am. So like my Cantonese level is probably kindergarten level. I know how to say the basics. I can tell when I'm hungry, when I'm thirsty, but that's it. I mean, like it's not much like I can have very in-depth conversations with them. So I didn't just share much about what's going on in my life back then. And still now, I mean, up until now, I think I don't involve them as much in my life if it's not necessary. I think to this date, they don't know how any of my friends, what their name is. They don't know any of my friends <laughs> or like who my colleagues are. They don't know their names. They probably don't know where I work or <laughs> what I'm doing, but... Yeah, so, I mean, they were there, but it's not like they were there to give you emotional support or 
there weren't people who you could talk about these issues because since they were busy working all the day and since they never had to deal with any of these kind of issues they it just wasn't i did never feel like sharing or talking with them about it it's really like a language barrier i just don't know how to communicate with them and i just feel so frustrated talking to them since like i mean there's really a limit on what i can express in cantonese so i usually just lose my temper and my patience and ah forget it don't talk about it let's just move on with our life i mean it's it's really frustrating because like i mean you you of course see how families are portrayed in media i mean if you look at tv shows i mean European parents or American parents, like they're like friends with their children. Like you can share a lot with them. You can talk about your issues and how you're not feeling well and uh, whether you have like emotional ballast, uh, like uh, anything going on with your life. But that's not the case for Asian parents. I mean, like you have a different role yourself. You're like never on eye level. You cannot talk to them as if you were talking to a peer. I mean, they are always like, I think it's easier to talk to my supervisor than talk to my parents. I mean, they're much more judgy and they're much more, I don't know, on a different hierarchy just so. Based on his own experiences, Willie reflects on what racism is for him. I think it's difficult for me to define racism. I think it's mostly about treating people differently due to their outer experience. I think that's not a very clear definition for my understanding of racism, but that's pretty much it. Like if people treat you less human with less respect just because you are from a different ethnic group, that's probably my understanding of racism. I mean, I have to be honest, like I'm not sure whether we really need to discuss racism as a society specifically. I mean, for me, it's just more about, I mean, just treat other human beings normally. I mean, just treat them with respect, right? I mean, all these contemporary issues such as racism or sexism or homophobia or how we deal with impaired people, people with a disability. I mean, no matter how you frame it, it's about people treating other people differently just because they have certain traits or they just do not look like you. But I mean, that's how the world is. Not everyone is like you. And just don't be a jerk, right? I mean, just don't be an asshole. Just don't treat other people in a worse way. Just don't make fun of them. And then that probably makes things much more easier. Willie shares his take on what he thinks it takes to be anti-racist. I think like what it takes to be anti-racist is being reflective of who you are and what you believe in. I think many people being racist probably have fundamental issues with themselves, with their personality, their identity. They're dissatisfied with something in their life. And one reason why they're being racist is they want to elevate themselves above other people they want to like find the flaw in others just to feel better about themselves or like to gain a certain advantage so like for someone to be anti-racist 
that probably means being in the clear who you yourself are in the first place, what you value, how do you define yourself, how you think about your worth or your worth in society. And then to treat other people with respect or like tell other people that they're being jerks and how that's not okay. And I think it takes a lot of strength to be just who you are and be secure about it and like be so confident in yourself that you don't need to put others down and to treat people bad. I mean, that takes a lot of strength to be secure, to be yeah, confident in yourself, know who you are, being able to articulate it or even being able to reflect it. I think that's what just many people are not able to do, that they don't really have like the, they never tried or they just don't have that capacity or capability to be reflective and to be critical about themselves. You can find more information about racism in Germany, as well as other articles, books and videos Willie recommends people to take a look at on racism on our website www.ourcontext.org You can also find the transcript of this episode on our website in English, French, German and Italian. If you have a personal story to share, reach out to us on our website, Instagram or Twitter. You can find us by typing in hashtag our underscore racism. This is Fumi and hashtag our racism. See you next month on April 5th. This episode was produced and edited by me, Fumi. Music by Pete Morse, Crescent Music, and Fugu Vibes. This podcast is powered by the Competence Center for Diversity and Inclusion at the University of St. Gallen. A big thank you to Willie for his invaluable time in sharing with us his experiences and both honest and thought-provoking reflections on this issue.